Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Tucker D, Tour Diaries, man, no need to lie, but a trucker's life is really underrated. Most of our stories go into the waste We hit the road, embracing the community, talking to people about the lives inspiring unity. From the highest to the lows and the trials that we face. Detour diaries, man, we're leaving our trace. Good morning. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. Episode 7 of the Detour Diaries. My name is Mike, the host of the greatest mobile podcast on Spotify, self-proclaimed, of course. This one is going to be a little bit different to start. This one is a shout out to all the stay-at-home moms out there being rock stars. I had the luxury of having a stay-at-home mom and my fiance with our three kids. She also took on this week watching her cousin's three children under five, totaling five under five for a week. So for being an incredible human on so many levels and all the things that you do and being a total badass this week, thank you, baby, for being my safe haven. Fellas, hell, even ladies, if you, stay, if you have a stay-at-home mom in your life, Thank them. Let them know you appreciate them. It goes further than you can ever imagine. Just as I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning into this episode. All right, diving right in, I kind of hit the meat potatoes of it, talking about union versus non-union. And I've worked for both, so I get into and share some experiences about it from that aspect. Uh, I went over Fancy Gap like twice last week, 7% grade. And it made me think about how to descend a mountain, what I was taught when I was descending a mountain, and what I seen over this last week. And then the corporate world and my experiences with it. And uh, I felt like this was a pretty good episode. There's a lot of good talking points. I've been on the CDL Life app for this last week. The reception there has been extremely welcoming. So shout out to my first friend, Roadhammer, if you're listening. I appreciate your feedback, buddy. I'm going to try to incorporate some of those things like over the time as this uh, progresses. So thank you. Does anybody else have any talking points they'd like to hear or discussed, talked about, a different take on things, the fresh or even like a dingy perspective? Let me know. Reach out wherever you can find me. Looking forward to connecting with all of you. And let's start talking. You know, one of the things that really came up, especially... Uh, this last teaching position that I had was union versus non-union benefits of both. And I like to play devil's advocate a, a lot. I always have. I like to see things from both sides and try to draw a conclusion based on what I believe to be truths from both sides. I try to. It doesn't always work that way. So I'm... I'm not, I'm, I don't like the word anti, but I'm not for a union, right? I don't believe they do anything for people in today's world. What I mean by that is I don't think they do anything for a modern society. Back in the days when people were getting paid pennies on the dollar in the factories, the UAW came along. Heck, even drivers back in the day. But <clears throat> there are more stringent work laws now, labor laws. There's more stringent laws regarding FMCSA that I don't necessarily know that a union is beneficial for a person that knows what they want and, and, and can voice for themselves what it is that they need from an employer let me backtrack for a personal story and i was working for 
a food distributor. And this was 2012, 2014. This, this was 2014. And at the time we were collecting cash on demand or cash on delivery, taking checks, money orders, cash, whatever it may be, that's what we were doing. And I was on my everyday normal route, got done with my route, turned in the money, the, re the, the receipts, the paperwork, everything I needed to be to keep the keys, everything I needed to be turned in, except for one check that was in my cargo short pocket and it fell out of my short as I was pulling out everything else and it was left in the truck. <clears throat> Unbeknownst to me. So then following day is my day off. Another driver gets into the truck that I drive to do his route. Looks down, sees a check and says, oh, wow, this must have fallen out of Mike's pocket. Let me turn it in. I then get a phone call later that day telling me that I was going to be placed on suspension for not having turned in all checks and monies at the end of the day, like policy stated. Okay? So I call my union rep and plead my case. There was nothing that happened with the customer's order. Nothing was delayed for the next delivery. Nothing was done with the check. The check was still on company property. I didn't take it home. It wasn't destroyed. It wasn't lost. It wasn't cash. It was still on the property and with the company. My union rep tells me that he can't do anything for me. That is company policy and that there isn't anything that they can do. So I was sentenced to serve a two-week suspension for a simple mistake. A simple mistake. This didn't sit well with me. So I sought employment elsewhere. This was my first and last run-in with a union thus far in my life. They didn't do anything for me that I couldn't have done for myself, which was take my lumps and that's going to be it, I guess. <clears throat> but I'm proactive, not reactive. I then went to a different company providing a similar service on a smaller scale. No union at this job. The benefits of that were as such. I wasn't bound by contract and neither were they with what they could and could not offer an employee based on their worth. And here's what I mean. If I went in on my day off and I negotiated that my time was worth an extra $350 for that day and they agree to it, well, that's my negotiation skills. I've bargained for that. Anything less, and I don't have to. They can't force me in because it's not a union. I'm not mandated. So if Johnny catches wind at this non-union house that, well, Mike got 350 to go out and do this extra route, the managers have the wiggle room to say, yep, well, Mike comes in on his day off pretty regularly. Mike will take out a route pretty regularly 
after he's done with his route already. Mike will go over and beyond for his customers. And I'm just using my name as an example. I'm not sitting here trying to jazz myself up as this great employee. I'm not. What I'm saying is, is that if Mike negotiated for his price, for his time, for his efforts, and then was awarded such, those same efforts shouldn't be given to just anybody. Those rewards, rather, shouldn't be just given to anybody. Those rewards should be reserved for those that earned them. So if Johnny comes in and Johnny gets a phone call and Johnny says, oh, I'm not coming in for anything less than 350 that's what Mike got. Well, the managers had the room to say in this non-union house, but Mike is worth that 350 and he has proven that time and time again. In a union house, you're playing favoritism. Do you see the difference? In a union house, everybody wants what everybody else has got. In a non-union house, I want what's mine. As much as I'm about community and philanthropy and all of those things, I'm also a big fan of knowing your worth. Know your worth. If you're a person that's out there every single day for 14 hours just milking your clock, I don't, I don't even, I wouldn't even call you as a manager. I'm not calling you. That's, that's where I stand with union, non-union houses. Please chime in. Let me know what you guys think. I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, mountain driving as I'm taking this trip from Indianapolis to Greensboro, North Carolina. I, I had to go through Fancy Gap. Pretty, it's a pretty solid grade. All in all, it hasn't, it hasn't been a bad trip at all. But I was, it got me thinking about mountain driving. And I know I have, I have a friend of mine that's gotten out of school and has only driven locally. The idea of mountains terrify him. But mountain driving before used to be way more chaotic with a manual transmission vehicle. It used to be way more chaotic. There were a lot more do's and don'ts when it came to mountain driving 15, 16 years ago. Now, the engine brakes and the cruise control, the adaptive cruise control, and things like that, other safety features like that on these vehicles, it really does make mountain driving more tolerable and and much more manageable especially in the southern states where there's not really any snow northern states that's another topic for another day but at least down here so i'm going to give it like a little bit of a a little bit of a tip for driving mountains just based on what i've seen from some of these other drivers out here today when you're descending you've reached the top you've checked your brakes you've made sure your stuff's good when you're descending use your engine brake on the highest setting it'll go to spare your brakes this way you don't burn your brakes up on a day where it's you know 105 outside so you're going to use your engine brake on the highest setting if the speed limits 65 down the mountain tell yourself it's 60 all right do five under let your engine brake work the whole way down the mountain 
until you've reached five miles per hour over your speed limit. Which remember, we said it was 60, so the five over takes you to the speed limit on the, on the road. Apply firm pressure on your brake. We're not stabbing it. We're applying firm, steady pressure, and we're letting that needle drop, the speedometer needle. We're going to let it drop down to 55. Then we're going to let up off the brake, allowing them to cool, and let gravity do its thing. Using your engine brake still, of course, we're going to continue to go downhill, letting gravity bring you back up to that 65-mile-an-hour speed. Once you hit that 65-mile-an-hour speed again, you're going to hit the brake, firm, steady pressure, and then we're going to let the speed drop down to 55, build it back up. If you do this, every time you go down a mountain, you'll build safe driving habits. You won't be going too fast for the road conditions also. If the road conditions vary and it's not clear, dry, perfect skies, add some more, slow it down a little more, right? Add, a, add, take five miles per hour off of it. Use good judgment. Use your comfortability. I can only tell you to drive what you're comfortable. For example, I let it go five to six over and then I drop it five under. I'm not telling you to do that because I want people to get comfortable with it. So again, whatever the speed limit is, drop it five under. Let gravity do its thing using your engine and brake. It's still going to fight it. Let gravity do its thing and bring you five over. Firm, steady pressure on your brake pedal, still with your engine brake on, dropping it down to five under your comfortable speed limit. Allow gravity to work it back up and then bring it back down again with your brakes. It's just rinse and repeat that until you're on nice, nice safe level ground again. I hope that helps. I wanted to talk to you about something that I, I read yesterday. It's about the corporate world, uh, driver versus management, management versus driver, driver versus company, company versus management, management versus company. That whole triad of nonsense that exists in the corporate world where everybody's, everybody's screaming at one another to be heard, but nobody's, nobody is listening. Nobody. So at this certain facility, there was, my understanding, a change in the way that scanning was to be done. And then a scanning bonus was going to be paid out in a certain way, according to my gist of what happened. Excuse me, let me flick this tick. You know, so it was supposed to get paid out a certain way. I don't think it was paid out a certain way. And maybe it's because they lied and it was never going to be paid out that way to begin with. Maybe it was because the information relayed from corporate to management was not relayed in a proper way. I, I know this happens all the time misinformation half-assed training i know it happens all the time but if you if if you take a pebble and you start it at the top of a mountain and let it fall down the snowy side of a mountain it's eventually going to gain traction and it's going to become a monumental problem for the people that live at the bottom of that mountain 
the people that live at the bottom of that mountain, again, in that triad of nonsense that is the corporate world, are unfortunately the drivers and the warehouse workers at these big corporate facilities. It's the men and women that work on the lines at the big three. These are the guys that are the unfortunate people that take that damage. Yes, they've chosen to build their home there. They understand the risk. But at the end of the day, people have to listen to each other a little bit. Information has to be given that is good, factual information. This is our new scanning program. We're rolling it out. It's already worked at corporate in Tulsa, right? And it's, it's worked wonders there. This is how we're going to do it. Okay. The people that you're rolling them out to have to be accepting to change and willing to go with that change. Otherwise, it doesn't work. They have to believe in that change. You can't throw it at somebody. And at this point, I'm talking about the managers that are getting the information from corporate. You can't just throw information at managers and say, here's the new policy. Here's the new procedures. Here's what we're doing. Go make your drivers do it. So if they got half the information and they know how to do it half right, and they're going to go out there and train 125 drivers how to do it half right, how many of those 125 are going to know how to do it half right? How many are going to know how to do it at all? You're going to have the outliers forward and back and then the median. Nonetheless, that median that you're creating, that bell curve right there in the middle, what you're creating is a bunch of people that half-ass know it because at the corporate level, you failed. And all companies do this. All of them. Stop trying to roll out ideas because they sound good on paper in theory at a board meeting in front of people that have never done the job. Whatever job that is. Corporate, you have to do better. Management, question corporate, question why. And drivers, continue to buck, continue to be the voice, continue to be the, the unsung heroes that give people a voice, they give the working people a voice, they give us a voice. We have to stand up for our hours of service because dispatchers abuse it. I'm sorry, guys, you know you do it. Don't lie to me. Hey, if people don't know hours of service law and an OM, a dispatcher, driver manager, operator, or whatever it doesn't matter, tells them to do something, tells them to drive in violation, but they don't know it's a violation, that's on the driver and only on the driver. We got to give good information out here. Drivers, know that your managers are only giving you the information that they have from corporate. Know that the information that they are getting from corporate is probably mostly dog shit. It's half the information. The why, their answer will only and always be this is what corporate said. This is what corporate rolled out. So you can go to corporate and ask them. Now you look like an insubordinate employee. Hi. <laughs> the point is, 
we have to listen, ask the questions, challenge everything, question everything all the time. Why are we rolling on this new program? Is it is it to cover somebody else's ass in corporate because they made a colossal mistake with financial and now they have to fix it? <laughs> is that what it is? We just have to listen. Everybody's doing a job, and until we live a day in somebody else's shoes, man, just be a little kinder to one another. That's going to do it for this episode of The Detour Diaries. I'm going to leave you with a Connor Price's latest song. It's called Still Blue. It's out everywhere you can stream your music. Connor, to me, is like the Picasso of genres. You can check out It's Going Down. It's a cross between country and, uh, I'm going to say, rap, pop. He's really trying to like bridge the gap between the different types of genres. So anyway, I appreciate the support and the new support from all of you. The feedback is always needed as I continue to do this. I don't want it to be perfect, but I want it to be better. Thank you for reaching out wherever you have. Continue to spread positivity and be kind to one another. Stay safe, drivers, and until next time. This has been another pit stop on the Detour Diaries. To think the day was ruined when the clouds came Until I saw you standing in the rain I used to think the world was always out to get me Until I saw you standing in my way I say that you're the one Too late to take it back I thought of a million ways to tell this to you But I just couldn't wait for that You say that I'm the one Too late to take it back Why'd you take it back? Clouds are gone The skies are blue No other moment Lasts as long as a moment with you Every song I wrote for you Every note Every strum a moment of truth Now you're gone Gone so soon But the sky's still blue Call it fall in love Cause you cannot fall forever Gravity catching up to me The ground surrounds me Falling head first Waking up hoping it's all a dream Reaching over but it's all just sheets Hoping every time I fall asleep I might just see you again I know I'm heartless That's cause you broke it A typical story of someone in love Picking pieces off the carpet Don't wanna deal with it Swept it right under the rug I put the pieces together The weather has never been better The clouds are gone One door opens Another closes Cause now you're gone Gone so soon But the sky's still blue Yeah, the sky
Ooh.